This is the Bodega Border Crew Podcast, Volume 23. How are you guys doing out there? Have you guys been surviving the holidays? I know I've been doing my best to do that. Uh, my family was here for a couple of days. We had some fun. Lots of eating, uh, drinking, not much surfing, that kind of thing. I know everybody kind of goes through the same thing with families. You, you get thrown out of your routine, uh, especially when it comes to surfing. Uh, I've had a couple of good days though out there. I've snuck in some sessions. I've uh, been logging down at Porto. There's been some some days where it's been a little bit smaller. Had a fun time at the Manhattan Beach Pier the other day, uh, but the last couple of days has been kind of shitty. Really disappointing. Uh, lots of closeouts. Um, not much shape to it. Uh, so it hasn't been that much fun. It's also been crowded by a lot of people who've gotten their new Christmas presents. Lots of fire wires, lots of hated shapes, lots of Indonesian Chinese made piece of shit pop out boards. Being surfed by people who surf basically the equivalent of those boards, which is kind of shitty and don't know etiquette and uh, don't know what the fuck they're doing. So um, that's been kind of annoying. I think they're going to wind up breaking most of those boards in the next two weeks or selling them on Craigslist when they realize that gym memberships are kind of more suited for them than uh, actually being in the lineup. Um, but again, that's just my take on things. But let's do a little housekeeping. This is the Bodega Border Crew Podcast, Volume 23. Uh, check us out on Instagram at Bodega Border Crew. Uh, check out our store, bodegabordercrewstore.com uh, for some stuff, some merch, some new merch coming up soon. Uh, also, check out our page, bodegabordercrew.podbean.com, as well as the full description that's available on your iTunes podcast player, uh, which has track listings, has links to things we're talking about, and links to things pertaining to people we're talking with. And speaking of people we're talking with, uh, this week we're talking with the artist who currently resides on the North Shore, Wellesley. Wellesley is a, if you've ever been to North Shore in the last like four or five years, you've seen his artwork everywhere on murals, outside the uh, Pipeline Skate Park. Uh, he's a surfer as well, and uh, grew up in uh, Northern California. And he's part owner of Two Crows Surfboards, so he has a lot of interesting things to say. Uh, we also have a couple of short takes uh, pertaining to uh, Dane Reynolds riding a three-fin bonzer. Everybody knows my kind of, I don't know if addiction would be, but I'm kind of obsessed with bonzers lately. Uh, I have been for the last like year and a half or so. Uh, there's a George Trim video that's finally released on Vimeo. Uh, I think there were some legalities involved with it. And there's also uh, a video put out by the Surfer Journal uh, in memoriam of all the people we lost in the past year, which is kind of a bummer, but they always do a great job of it. Um, but anyway, I'm just going to get into it because this is a kind of long episode. Uh, a bunch of these tracks were picked by Wellesley himself. Uh, I, again, I like people to figure out which tracks the, uh, the guests picked and which ones I picked. Uh, so without further ado, let's get into it and I'll check in with you guys in a little bit. Peace.
now is the time to get on like Spike Lee said, get on the bus. Go get your work and keep your beat, but chirping is a must. Get you on that dust, cornstarch, familiar with that smack, man. The music is like that green stuff, provided to you by Sack Man, Pac-Man. How many fuck you think we gon' do that, man? Ride, ride, no Nash, no Nateens, but I no Gap, man. I'm strapped, man. Get rid of the bus on any nigga like that, man. Me and my nigga, we roll together like Batman and Rob Band. We prayed together through hard times, swung hard when it was fitting. But now we tapping the brakes from all them corners that we be bending. And Volkswagen and Bonnevilles, Chevrolets and Coupevilles. If you ain't got no rims, nigga, don't get no wood grain steering wheel. For real, you can go chill out of steel bill. Let your paper stack instead of going to overkill. Pay your fucking people bill, bitch. Even the sun goes down, heroes eventually die. Horoscopes often lie, and sometimes why? Nothing is for show, nothing is for certain, and nothing lasts forever but until they close the curtain. It's him and I, or Quim and I. Twice upon a time, there was a boy who died lived happily ever after but that's another chapter live from home of the brave with dirty dollars beauty parlors baby ballers bowling ball and parlors street scholars majoring in culinary arts you know how to work bread cheese and dough from scratch but see the catches you can get caught know what you're selling what you're about so cut that big talk let's walk to the bridge meet me halfway now you may see some chilling dead off in the pathway just them poor babies walking slowly to the candy lady it's looking bad, need some hope, like the words maybe If, or probably, more than a hobby When my turntables get wobbly, they don't fall I'm sorry y'all, I often drift I'm talking gifts, so when it comes You never look the horse inside his grill Of course you know I feel like the bearer of bad news Don't wanna be it, but it's needed, so what have you Now question, is every nigga with dreads for the cause? Is every nigga with goals for the fall? No, so don't get caught up in appearance It's outcast equimini, another black experience Even the sun goes down, heroes eventually die. Horoscopes often lie, and sometimes why? Nothing is for show, nothing is for certain. Nothing lasts forever, but until they close the curtain, it's him and I, Aquim and I. The name is Big Boy, Daddy Fat Sacks, the nigga that like them Cadillacs. I stay down with these streets, cause these streets is where my folks at. Better know that, some say we pro-black, but we professional. We missed a lot of the church, so the music is our confession. Get off the testicles and the nut sacks. You bust round, we bust back. Get get back, the real niggas that's out here trying to spit facts. You hear that, you can't come near that, maybe you need to quit. quit. Cause the criminal eyes are queries, and the Gemini running shit like this. My yeah. mind warps and bends, floats the wind, count to ten, meet the twin. Andre Ben, welcome to the lion's den. A red gen, no skin, many men comprehend. I extend myself so you go out and tell a friend Sin all depends on what you believe in Faith is what you make it, that's the hardest shit since MC Ren Alien can blend right on in with your kin Look again, cause I swear I spot one every now and then It's happening again, wish I could tell you when Andre, this is Andre, y'all is just gonna have to make amends the sun goes down, heroes eventually die Horoscopes often lie, and sometimes why Nothing is for show, nothing is for certain None lasts forever, but until they close the curtain, it's him and I, a and I. This here's a jam for all the fellas.
fellas Try to do what those ladies tell us Get shot down cause you're overzealous Play hard to get females get jealous Okay smarty, go to a party Girls are scantily clad and showing body A chick walks by, you wish she could sex her But you're standing on the wall like you was Poindexter Next day's function, high class luncheon Food is served and you're stone cold munching Music comes on, people start to dance But then you ate so much, you nearly split your pants A girl starts walking, guys start gawking Sits down next to you and starts talking Says she wanna dance cause she likes to groove So come on fatso and just bust the move Someone could cure your lonely condition Looking for love in all the wrong places No fine girls, just ugly faces From frustration, first inclination Is to become a monk and leave the situation But every dark tunnel has a lighter hope So don't hang yourself with a celibate rope New movies showing, so you're going Could care less about the five you're blowing Theater gets dark just to start the show Then you spot a fine woman sitting in your row She's dressed in the yellow, she says hello Come sit next to me, you fine fellow You run over there without a second to lose And what comes next? Hey, boss
with the mantis, no for slim chances. Chantis, anthem, swing like Pete Sampras. Taking it straight to big man on campus. Brandish your weapon or get dropped to the canvas. Scandalous, made the metro panic. Call static, with or without the automatic. And while I'm at it, yo, you got cash passing, it's drastic. Got to send half the yo, hey, yo, waves are spinning, blades are spinning. Slay him in the eighth inning, stay truck, God stay playing linen. Kill rap, observe the uptowns, so feel that. Mink jeans on scene with a real at 2,000 Zetos, moving with an ill ego. For real, for real, ill lines, ill people, yo, bring it back. Now I'm more civilian. Poly and deals, monopoly and bills, y'all niggas lying. Caught 300, lab look royal with a mean stomach. Go broke, all seen, done it. Words from the heavy set. If I don't eat, then we already met. Flies, both live and coke. Now what clan you know we're live this hell? Bust shots at Big Ben like we got time to kill. Niggas can't jell I'm just too hot to tell. Put on my gasoline boots and walk through hell. With nine generals, nine niggas in your video. Nine milli low, send me auto with no cereal. Man, metaphysical. I speak for criminals who don't pay their bills on time and fuck with digital. Never seen smoke a bag of evergreen. My squad got a Jones. More heads for the summary. Johnny in the dungeon, taking all bets. Throw your ones in. Scared money, don't make money. Throw That's your ones in. Jamo. San Juan, Puerto Rico, blowing hydro on the beach with some eco. My gun bullet hollow for you to swallow, blowing a nozzle. Head whistle, one in the head. This is cold red, man for dead. X amount of less played from the barrel. He played the street like Connor O'Carroll. Fully equipped, rifle, banana clip shit to make my niggas from East New York flip. Yo, you may cast me in a pair of polo strippers, matching cap, razor blades in my gums. Bobby, you may cast me in yellow Havana Joe's blue jumping, my phaser off stun. Bobby, y'all might just cast me in the park playing chess, studying math, shining seven in the sun. Bobby, but you won't cast me without the ratchet in the joint, smoked out, dead broke or off point. Bobby. Swallows comfortable, chocolate frosting Your socks hanging out, yours is chalking Rock so steadily, son, I'm still crazy Throw my old for some defense in the 80s Nat Turner's with burners, Jackie Jordan Kersey Torch child niggas had a rat reimburse me Rocksdale's, Ruby Red Sales, Bloomingdale blocks Oxtails chopped up in Caribbean spots I'm nice, maxed out, creeping with the axe out Murder beast bikini bitches switching with they backs out Niggas wanna pop shit, I pop clips Bitch, I put my dick on your lips Alabama split, hammer slay quick that David Banner, Damaray shit. Shells in the mouth, jailhouse snitch. My powder voice, Snow White sniff. Verbal killers, gorilla grip. Guard body shit, pop Marley split. You might see me in the six, that's not my style. You might see me with a bitch, that's not my child. I be in the benzo, keep a low profile. Dead serious, take flicks and don't smile. I'm trying to get money, y'all cats wow. I pose for the clothes, make a song like wow. I'm a chip off the board game. Got sword game, live life to the fillers. Still want more fame. Thoughts on layaway, beats on standby, outfits pressed up, ready for anti. Run on the track like Jesse Owens, broke the record flowing without any knowing that my wordplay won the 400 meter relay. It's on once I grab the baton from the DJ, the athlete with his iron cleat in the ground. Wireless nigga who sprint off the gun sound. The best time yet, still 7.0. Swift flow made the cameraman close blow. blow. I get rugged like raw head wrecks with fat tracks that fits the gangster type When I recite kinda lethal Niggas know the flow that I kick, there's no people I'm murdering niggas, yo And maybe because of the tone that kicks when I grip the mic and kick shit Niggas can't fuck with So remember I go hardcore and slam Love respect like a sensei, whoop bass like Van Damme So any nigga that claim they bossin' Why don't you bring your ass on over to Crenshaw Slauson Take a walk through the hood 
good, we up to no good. Playing on things like a real OG should. I'm stacking and macking and packing a tin. So when you're slipping, I stick the clipping. But ain't no set tripping. Cause this death row rolling like the mafia. Think about whooping some ass, but what the fuck stopping you? Ain't Nathan, but a buster. I'm stranding on death row. I'm pumping slugs and motherfuckers. Now you know you're outdone. The shotgun, corrupt inmates, cell block one. No prevention from this lynching of sorts. You're a victim from my drive-by of thoughts. No extensions, all attempts are to fail. Blinded by the light, it's time you learn frail from a lunatic. I'm deaf like arsenic when I kick a wicked batch. Dr. Trey will kick the scratch with treachery. My literary form will blast and totally surpass the norm. Not a storm, plural, make it many storms when I'm vexed. I fight leg, necks, and arms in this dimension. I'm the presenter and the inventor and the tormentor The range like the hillside strangler MC mangler, tough like wrangler I write a rhyme, hard as concrete Step to the heat and get burned like mesquite So what you wanna do? The narrator RBX, cell block 2 Rage, lyrical murderer Stranded on death row And now I'm serving up like time sentence There'll be no repentance Since it's the life that I Choose the lead, I plead guilty on all counts that the ball bounce where it may. It's just another clip into my AK. Buck them down with my underground tactics. Facts and stacks of clips on my mattress. Bed frame, there's another dead thing laying lame. Put the shame, who's to blame? Me, the lady of rage, a woman coming from the DEAT agent. ROW taking no shit, so flipping, you're bound to get dropped. It's 187, no motherfuckers don't stop. Hey yo, stepping through the fog and creeping through the smog. It's the number one nigga from the hood, doggy dog. Making videos, now I stay in Hollywood. Busting raps for my snaps, now they call me Eastwood. Dre is the doctor and my homie, little nigga. Warren G is my hand and my hands on the trigger. Shooting at the holes with the game that I got. Sent to death row, cause I wanted to make a grip and serving my rocks. And I'm still serving for mine. Peace to my motherfucking homies doing time. In the pen and the county jail. Mobbing with your blues on mad as hell And you're saying fuck the police And all the homies on the streets is all about peace And it's driving the cops crazy But ain't nothing but a black thing, baby Oh, I'm not flagging, but I'm just sagging I bet you don't wanna see the D-O-double-G And you can't see the D-R to the E Oh, my motherfucking homie D-O-C You know you can't fuck with my motherfucking DJ That's my homie and we call him Warren G And you don't stop, doggy dog, break them down with the motherfucking dog pound. That's the only way we'll beat them, mate. We gotta smoke them, then choke them like the motherfucking Peter, mate. It's like three into the two and two into the one cell block four piece, doggy dog's done. Yo, now you know the path I'm on. You think you're strong? See if you could travel on. Cause only the weak will try to speak. Those who are quiet will always cause riots. There's three types of people in the world. Those who don't know what happened, those who wonder what happened, and people like us from the streets that make things happen.
dropping, they ain't no stopping me. Constantly moving while making millions. Witnessing killers, leaving dead bodies in the band of buildings. Carries the children cause they're healing. Addicted to killing and the appeal from the cap. Villain without feeling, but will they last or be blasted? Hard at it, fast it. Maybe you're listening in this casket. The aftermath, more bodies being buried. I'm losing my homies in a hurry. They relocating to the cemetery. Got me worried, stressing my business blurry. The question is, will I live? No one in the world loves me. I'm headed for danger. What the fuck 
is wrong with too short? What the fuck you trying to make something new for? Why that nigga keeps spitting all that game? Why he still getting bitches? This shit is insane. All my life I've been writing these verses. Learn the game cause I like to go in pussy and purses. It feels good to be a motherfucking pimp. Sometimes I knock a bitch just to do it on the strand. Every time you see me, I'm on them. That's how we was raised up in Northern California. She bought it all and if you gotta ask why, you ain't on the case, man, you not a P.I. Don't trip, I know what's up with you. You take her shopping and the bitch ain't even fucking you. Nigga, you bought as sorry as they come. They took you to a strip club and you bought them all the ones. What the fuck? What the fuck? is wrong with some of you bitches waiting on a wealthy man to come through with riches and shower you with presents what's the mission it should have been a hoe cause there's really no difference what you want a marriage and babies with a millionaire but not too many ladies get to live in here you better stay in school cause old sluts with ball players just ain't too cool spent all them years on your back hella niggas with contracts they fuck that bitch you got some things on your mind used to be a diamond now you ain't so fine and all the little girls wanna be just like you they wanna fuck a rich nigga too you worse than me you not a good role model Offer her a shot, the bitch drank the whole bottle What the fuck? 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 What the fuck, bitch? So I had to do it all again. What happened to the game? I can't call it him. You tell me. We let the squares change the rules. Snitching is cool, and y'all tricking like some fools. What the fuck you niggas thinking? And where the fuck is all the motherfucking kingpins? What would life be without snitches and the feds? A mattress full of money, two bitches in the bed. It's hard to get around them federal guidelines. Too many real niggas sitting on the sidelines while bitch niggas keep playing the role. You know you're not a gangster, what you saying for? I picked up the phone and said, who is this? your own label and you're in the music business but you never put out shit you never had a hit and never went to the bank to deposit one check what the fuck what the fuck
Bodega Border Crew Podcast, Volume 23. Hope you guys dug those tracks. Uh, a little, leaning a little west on that stuff. Uh, some newer Too Short, uh, some Tupac, some Dre. Uh, there's a Dre track in there uh, that's from The Chronic. Uh, that was a little bit of an obscure track from The Chronic with Bushwick Bill that a lot of people don't even realize is on that album. And I dig it because it's just not your typical, you know, low rider chronic track, if you will, uh, and shows off really what kind of producer Drake can be and the potential he has. I think a lot of people pigeonhole him into that whole like, you know, funk gangster shit, which is his calling card to a certain level. But he really is a pretty versatile uh, producer, as you can see with his work with Eminem and that track and some other stuff. How to throw some woo in there. One of my favorite uh, kind of mid-woo history tracks. Uh, that's a lot of fun. Those tracks they come out with where it's like the whole crew rhyming together, or for me, is a lot of fun to listen to. So I had to throw it in there. But let's get into some housekeeping. This is the Bodega Border Crew Podcast, Volume 23. Make sure to check us out on Instagram at Bodega Border Crew. Make sure to check out our page, bodegabordercrew.podbean.com, or the full description on your iTunes player where we have uh, track listings. We have links uh, about uh, to things that we're talking about, links pertaining to people we're talking with. And this week, we're talking with Wellesley. Wellesley is an artist uh, that currently resides on North Shore. His artwork is kind of all over the place there uh, on walls, on boards, on his uh company that he co-owns called two crows which you'll see a lot of people riding his logs out there in town as well as on north shore i met him about i'm gonna say like three or four seasons ago at a group art show where he was uh showcasing his work with heather brown and a bunch of other local artists and we got to talking and he seemed super chill and uh bought a piece of artwork there and then uh, had him produce some artwork for our daughter's room as well. And we've stayed in touch uh, here and there. Uh, and I really wanted to hear his story and what he's about and where he comes from, uh, both from the art perspective, the surf perspective, owning a business on the North Shore that produces boards that aren't typical North Shore boards, like logs and eggs and stuff like that, uh, which I think is pretty cool. Uh, his his signature with most of his stuff is his resin artwork that he does, which uh, stemmed from doing it on boards. But I don't want to give away too much. I just will let him do the talking and tell you his story. And then I'll check in with you guys in a little bit. Where are you originally from and where'd you grow up? I grew up in Santa Cruz. Okay. On the east side, like Pleasure Point, uh -huh. right there. So surfing like privates all the way up to sewers, you know? Okay. So that was, that was their stomping ground. My my family's still there, and all the friends. Are you? Do you come from a family of surfers? My dad's surfer. Yeah, dad okay. is a surfer and graphic designer. Ah. So I didn't really as much as I tried to be a rebel. I didn't I pretty much just there, didn't. That's it. There are two good things not to rebel against. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I thought I definitely wanted to uh, rebel more, but it didn't really. I mean, I did in my own ways, but making art working trying to work from home as much as possible you know you so know. did he did, was he the person who got you into surfing at first yep yep took you out as a kid yeah took me out and then you know there's just a couple kids in the neighborhood that that surfed and so who did you surf with back there who were like when i first started it was just one of my neighbors kevin who was his dad surfed so we were probably like when we were first learning and stuff uh -huh. we'd kind of paddle out a lot but in high school, it was really like Carl Wilson, um, yeah. 
Waylon, Travis Reynolds, uh-huh. um, John Meads, Cameron Lackey, like just all the the pleasure. Was, C- was CJ around at that time, or he's older? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, there is. I mean, that was like our age crew. The older guys were like Jay Morarity, CJ, um, Shiloh, um, Matt Tanner, Jed Knoll, you know. And we all like worked at Pearson Arrow too. So there was. Like, oh, you did. Yeah. So we started. I started working at Pearson Arrow when I was fifteen, and so we were just super heavily influenced from like you know Jay, Matt Tanner, and Jed, Shiloh, mm-hmm. all those guys, and CJ. You know, CJ was like the the coolest one you know yeah. like just had like he was I mean CJ was like into art and skating like to me it was just like cause I mean Santa Cruz like it's not that artsy of a place like right. I mean it is there's, now it is more so than it used to be yeah there's I mean there's creative stuff but it's not like San Francisco or yeah. LA or it's not like a hub mecca you mm-hmm. know and so but like CJ was he was out and about and doing stuff and he, you know, that's when I kind of just going over to his house, like seeing the graffiti on the side of his house, and was like, "Whoa, that's like pretty core. I like it." You yeah, know? like being, being like interested in it. You know, like what's he doing? Because he was always like skater, shortboard, like shortboarder, longboarder. You know, uh-huh. so he was always an interesting character too. Yeah, you know, but all those guys, you know, it was just it was a really fun scene to be growing up in. Like what era was that? Like what years? Ninety. 95 to 2000 just high school is when I really started like longboarding the point like, so right when like the seedling was coming out and all yeah, that, yeah, all that, that yeah. was like the big totally I don't think I saw the seedling right maybe I did see it right away yeah cause it came it went to the Rio yeah we did see the seedling right away yeah and that was like I mean that was just eye opening yeah. like when getting seeing Thomas Campbell and what he was doing was just like oh my gosh you don't have to do it like any certain way you can do it however you want to yeah. do it you know I was just I was writing like my top 10 surf artists the other day and, like Thomas Campbell like when his script you know was like that's so cool like I want to be able to do script yeah, yeah. you know and I was in college, all my notes were I just took I just practiced the cursive you know and uh-huh. over and over and over and over again you know and, like definitely looking back now I see how it inspired me more than I realized at the moment uh-huh. I think when I was younger and I saw stuff like that I was just like I don't even know what to do with this yeah, information yeah. yet you know like yeah. I was just I wish I could go back and tell myself like okay like <laughs> here you go little grasshopper like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, this, is how, this is how to channel all that stuff that you're being you know experiencing so so how did art like start for you? Like you said, your dad was a graphic designer, and being influenced by all this stuff. Or is it something you just kind of dabbled in? Or I mean, as you know, every Christmas, pretty much, there'd be like my dad would get me like an art kit, you know. Okay. So all the pastels and all that uh-huh. stuff and paper, and, you know, there was always because he was a graphic designer from before the computer thing really came on. So when right. he was doing graphic design, there was like silkscreen photography, you know. Um, typesetting like just paste up like the whole thing. it was crazy you know yeah. like they handmade stuff you know and I got to see that when I was a kid like I would get dropped off at the bus stop I don't know if you remember Ocean Energy in Santa Cruz it was on 41st Avenue but it was a little surf shop and he had a studio above the surf shop and I like couldn't cross the street by myself so I'd get dropped off there and then stay there for like an hour and then my dad would walk me home and he had this drawing table that he had for years and all the pens and 
you know, like I'd always be playing with my dad's pens and, and of course not putting the caps on. And yeah. Out and stuff, but that's, that's what got me into doing it. And so I was always like encouraged to do it. You know, my yeah. mom was a school teacher at Aptos Junior High. And okay. so like my parents had this, oh, you're going to be an art teacher, you know, right. but my dad, you know, didn't have to work by the bell he worked from home so I kind of like that beautiful thing yeah. yeah I veered towards like not having to go to school every day so but then uh, yeah and like that 14 to 16 started getting into drawing on surfboards like Drew Brophy uh-huh. and Posca pens on surfboards I mean that was like I'm gonna do that yeah I'm going to do that like yeah. that's I see that I want to draw on surfboards like you know, I would have pages and pages of, I made a surfboard template and I would just draw. Oh, wow. And I would just do a million designs, like as many as I could, just all night, you know, just uh-huh. draw, draw, draw. And I mean, none of them were really any good. And I, I just started copying Drew Barofi stuff. Like, right. I was like, that's a cool design. I'm going to uh-huh. do that. And, you know, I, that's the best way to really like learn as an artist when you're a kid is, or at any age really is just copy. You, know, you don't pick up the guitar and start making up your own music no, you, you, know? play, you, you play, just play everyone else's you yeah know? you play like a Jimmy Hendrix song and then yeah. you're like okay and then you learn your own little riffs and yeah. you know you go on from there and so those guys are definitely like huge huge influence on just getting into it you know like, now were you doing it like when you were doing it was it something that you were like okay I'm gonna make a living doing this or were you just like I'm doing this for fun it was I didn't really think I could make a living doing it until five years ago Okay. Like, I had this, like, art school mentality that you, you know, artists are supposed to be broke. You're, uh-huh. Nothing happens until you're dead. Like, <laughs> all the stuff that, like, I, you know, if you're really talented, you'll die at 27, you know? So, you know, when I hit 27th birthday or 28th birthday, I was like, well, I guess I wasn't that yeah. special, you know? Yeah. So I think there's a lot of ideas that I... I had in my head for a long time and then, you know, I think, I think when you're, when you like creating stuff, you just always like to create stuff. And, right. You know, it's, it takes a while to kind of figure out if you're able to make a living off of it, uh-huh. you know, I mean, it's, it doesn't necessarily have to be your goal or anything, but it kind of can happen, you know, if you start doing it and, then, you know, eventually you'll just start making. Yeah, you start getting a couple of checks yeah. you're like, okay, yeah, this okay. looks good. Or people buy it, you know, like, I mean, really at. I sold a couple pieces when I was at UH, like a piece, like with that cubist fish and shark piece, uh-huh. which got me psyched on doing that recently. But so that was at uh, University of Hawaii. University of Hawaii. So that's how you came out here. I came out in two thousand and two thousand one. Uh-huh. I came out. My friend Travis Reynolds was living out here, uh-huh. and our friend Chris. They had a house at Keiki, and came out to visit him. That's I mean, this place is amazing. You yeah. Know? Like, if you like surf and warm water and <laughs> a small beach community where you just can ride your bike to the grocery store and yeah. to the surf and everything, like, it's awesome, you know? Yeah. And came out and just loved it. Came out for a month, went to Kauai, too, and did that. But I liked, like, this stretch right here. Like right. Just having everything right at the... These seven miles that are, like... Yeah. Perfect. And, I mean, not even the seven miles. Like, I'm from Waimea to... Land, you know, yeah. like I'm, I got, I'm like on a three mile stretch. Yeah, yeah. Like I, 
I'm even worse now because now I'm just like off the wall yeah <laughs> like so but um yeah so visit them and then I was going to community college taking art classes and just kind of bumbling around you uh-huh. know just my girlfriend was still in high school my high school girlfriend was still in high school and so I was like hanging around Santa Cruz and going to Cabrillo College and taking art classes and polishing boards at Pearson Arrow like just whatever doing the thing yeah then I moved to San Luis Obispo to go to community college down there and did that for a semester and came out here again that next winter and that was when I was like I gotta live out here like I didn't know to polish surfboards and if you know there's plenty of surfboard work out here yeah, like yeah. it's getting a job wasn't the hard part you know yeah and it wasn't like Travis and Chris were like we have a room to rent if you want it you know so just let us know and it was like I mean we paid like $200 a month back then you know so it was like just nothing like, yeah I thought you're like I don't have to polish too many boards to pay yeah like, totally I'm pretty good yeah, <laughs> Which, yeah the, the curse of building surfboards is it's like when you're you know, 17, 18, 19, like, it's really good money for not really having to do, you know, yeah. college board an hour, like, it's killer, killer stuff, but when you get older, it's like, oh, wait, you know. How many boards am I going to have to actually do an hour to, like, cut the pins? Yeah, 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 it's a little, little different. Definitely changes as you get older. So, were you, while you were, uh, so you wound up going to University of Hawaii? Yeah, so, came out here, ended up, the second trip, I decided, like, I was going to move out here, I moved out eight months later that year but in September and then I wasn't really planning on going to school or anything like I wasn't I liked art classes and stuff but I wasn't I didn't like absolutely love it like I didn't like oh I want to get a degree so I can like do this like the school part of it wasn't your thing like this quote unquote school yeah like I really liked doing it and I liked learning stuff but there's a lot of it that I really didn't like yeah of school just taking classes too that you had to take that you don't necessarily like and you know if I'm into something I tend to research it and figure uh-huh. it out and I was really into making boards too you know I was hooked on surfing right you know so I was like I want to make boards and go surf and go on adventures and uh-huh. be warm water and but it's a good life basically yeah I, yeah I was like this is I mean Santa Cruz is cold and I was always complaining about it being cold yeah and, water was dark and when you come out here it's a whole new it's a yeah. whole new world it's, it's great did you did you start um, so in terms of board work who were you working for when you came out here when I came out here I first got a job with Jeff Johnston uh-huh. and Surflight Surf, they don't really do boards anymore but they were doing these boards where they're basically built from the inside out and they use like carbon and They're building them from the inside out where they're building like, almost like a um, snowboard uh-huh. design in the middle where it had like, oh, there was like a core to it. Huh? Yeah, it was a core with surfboard built around it basically and they were soft but they had flex and they can control the flex. Oh wow. And um, Jim Richardson, the guy who like invented that way to build boards and was like brilliant, taught it. UH, I think he went to MIT, like, incredibly smart guy, like, was shaping back in the 70s, you know, with all the guys, and was right up there with everyone, but he went off and went to school and mm-hmm. got an education and stuff, and he came back and started doing the surf boards, and, I mean, they were amazing, they were soft boards, 
probably why they didn't like catch on at the time because they were a little soft but they worked really? amazing you know they were just the flex and response to them was like nothing I'd ever written uh-huh. before but we're we're doing those boards so I was sanding those and those had a weird way of being sanded and then Jeff opened up a glass shop in the, the factory they were working in so started sanding short boards and then ended up working at Charlie Walker's for eight eight or nine years I've been in the sugar mill the entire, yeah. entire time yeah really fun like worked with Charlie and Brian King we had we had probably the funnest run at Charlie's like when it was all three of us working like just doing a lot of the a lot of the pro guys boards and like Andy Irons is all the rising sun boards went through our shop you know, oh really so wow it's like just I mean I was at what was that I was like 23 or something he was uh-huh. old 24 like so it was so cool back then you yeah, know yeah. like I loved it like it was like the raddest thing you know I used to draw on boards too like um, my roommate, one of my roommates was uh, James Sterling. He's like a pro, so yeah. big wave guy, and just always had boards to draw on. And they, the guys would always give me pen. Like I could draw on as many boards as I wanted to. So I was always drawing oh, wow. on boards and doing that. And it was really fun. I was painting a little bit on the side, and, but it wasn't really until like two pros where like painting just went way more intense with it. You know? So how so how did two pros start? Well, Two Crows unofficially started in probably 97. Uh-huh. Carl and I made our first boards together in my parents' garage. Ah. We were hanging out with Rick Ferguson. He used to, I mean, he still shapes boards. He used to shape boards for Burner, shape boards for everyone in Santa Cruz at some point. But Rick Ferguson had a house on 34th Avenue. He was probably, I think he was 30. And we were all like 14 through 16. Oh, wow. And then his house was like the gathering spot for all the kids in the neighborhood. And uh-huh. it was like all the craziest stuff happened there at his house. Yeah. But in his little, he had a huge yard, tiny house, huge yard, and a giant shed garage. And the shed garage was turned into a glassing room and shaping room. And he was always making boards. And wow. longboarding is really into high performance boards. And so, like, we totally gravitated to him and watched him all the time. Uh-huh. Got us into. Carl and I making boards so we got blanks at Fiberglass Hawaii and yeah. you know put up plastic in my parents garage and put up like plastic on the walls and nothing on the floor <laughs> oh no and my dad still complains about the resin on the floor I would say and made our first boards like Carl's board came out like totally perfect like really it was amazing how good of a job he did on this first board I mean I think after nine boards or something Bob he ended up going to work for Bob and, really you know, he worked there for 12 years you know and yeah so we made our first boards in parents garage and then made a couple boards and Carl started making boards in his backyard and I went I got a job at Arrow so I was I was just a shop grom sweeping and stuff for I think two years before I started polishing I was a junior in high school and I started polishing and that's how that's how Carl and I first started working together on surfboards and then I moved, you know, I moved out here when I was 20, and Carl didn't really come out until I was, like, 27. Uh-huh. And I was always, every time I'd go back, it's like, you gotta come to Hawaii, like, you gotta come to Hawaii. And he finally, finally got him to come to Hawaii. And, you know, of course, I told him to bring, like, big wave boards, because I wanted yeah. to scare him and, like, just, <laughs> you know, go surf big waves with them and, you know, have him really experience it. And, of course, it was, like, flat. Oh. So, it's like, well, let's make a longboard, you know? 
and so went up to Fiberglass Y and got a blank, and we took it to Joe DeMarco's, the surfboard shaper out here. Took it to Joe's house, shaped it under his house, and I didn't even like, I told him how to get to Joe's house, and it was up Crazy Lane, like, no, it's gonna be okay. So Carl, Carl's story about this day is way funnier than mine, but Carl goes off on his own adventure to go shape this board, uh -huh. and has to bring it back to the sugar mill in the back of the truck, and you know, all, a bunch of stuff you don't have to deal with when you work at Arrow where everything's in-house. Yeah, yeah. You grab a blank, you shape it, and you bring it to the glassing room, and two weeks later, it's done. It's done, yeah. Whereas here, it was like full adventure just to get to the shaping room, then full adventure just to get to the shop, and got to the shop, and Carl's like, oh, I want to, let's do it clear so we can do it fast and get it done and go surfing, because yeah. the waves are tiny, but it was good. I was like, no way, I'm, I'm going to paint it. Probably yeah. I'm going to do whatever I want on this thing right yeah. now, because I was, I was just standing clear boards and yeah I was making some boards on the side you know like just experimenting playing and, but nothing really real and so did the board and I just did it how I wanted to do it and, you know at first Carl was just Carl's always scared that I'm gonna do something stupid it came out really cool and I'm like shoot we should make some more of these you yeah. know like these are these look great I had the crow logo from a project that I did with Travis Reynolds and Karen Lackey and stuff and that never really stuck and we were trying to come up with logos and I had the crow yeah and I had gotten some stickers made and the guy who made the stickers was like you want me to print some laminates while I'm doing you know it's really easy yeah. I was like oh sure why not and yeah never put I put them on one board and they stayed in the shop for probably three years or something uh -huh. and like oh well let's put it on there and we put the two crows on there and yeah like, that looks that looks really cool like yeah. we should do more of these you know and i was like if you could do more boards i'll come back out like yeah he had a great time like it was super fun like got waves and so after carl left i'd sold all my boards i put all my boards on craigslist and then every person who came to me at craigslist i was like i'll sell you this board where i said but i'll make you a new one for like just dirt cheap you know like almost because we just wanted to, I just wanted to paint more boards and like, ah. you know, just see yeah. what else I could do. You yeah. Know? You and needed more canvases and someone to pay for the canvases. Yeah, 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 totally. We needed money to get it get it all going. And sure enough, got like 10 more boards and it came out three weeks later and we did 10 boards or something and then sold those to, you know, the people, sold a few on Craigslist. We did a lot of Craigslist stuff. We didn't like, we didn't really do like Facebook or Instagram wasn't even really a thing or I wasn't aware what, of Yeah, it. what year was this like? 2009? Okay. 2000, I mean, Instagram might have. I was just yeah, but it was just like infancy. It was like no one was even selling shit yeah. on it. They were just using it to show pictures of food. Like Yeah. That's like, it. I mean, I didn't even have an iPhone for a while. Yeah. So it was, I was a little behind on the times out here. But yeah, so we just started making boards and they kept selling so we just kept making more really mm -hmm. I mean we just kept experimenting with them and it was a blast it was Carl and I had so much fun because Carl was working at Arrow too where you know you're you're working in a another person's environment as yeah well. it's like, their boards so you're just doing what they say less working. less freedom you know now yeah. we had our own logo and yeah we had our own spot where we could glass boards and we could do whatever we wanted it was kind of like this yeah. is great, you know. Like I don't want to sand clear shortboards anymore. Yeah, yeah. Like this is, this is the, this is the, this is the deal. I mean, also, you guys were doing boards that I don't think 
And correct me if I'm wrong, that people on the North Shore weren't really doing. Not really. Yeah. I mean, Travis was probably... Travis had already moved back to Santa Cruz mm-hmm. at this time, but Travis was probably the only other person that you could get at... A log, I guess. You yeah, know? yeah. I mean, Mike Casey makes some really good logs, but just not really like out there and accessible. And mm-hmm. a lot of the stuff's two plus one, you yeah. know, hard edge in the tail and performance oriented. You know, but there's a lot of days where it's really small and logging is really fun. Yeah, so yeah. Is uh, plus you can always go to town. That's yeah, the, yeah. That's the other thing, you know. So I mean, it's funny because you think if you had to start a longboard logging company. Uh-huh. North Shore is probably the worst spot in the world yeah. to do it. Yeah, <laughs> it is. I mean, it technically is. And, you know, not that many people were really into it. Yeah. You know, it was kind of a small group. and So it was really fun, you yeah. know, as we started doing it because all of a sudden we had, now it's like all our friends, we could all ride logs and ride different boards. And, mm-hmm. You know, we used to have a bunch of a twin fins, bonzers, quads, um, like the Will Jobs and Twinsers. Yeah. All kinds of fun boards, you know. Yeah. We'd just have them down at the beach and all our friends would just trade off on boards, go surf, ride different stuff. Uh-huh. It's just so much fun, you know. But, of course, we were like living out of the van at the shop in the sugar mill. So yeah. it was like we were spending all our money on boards. And yeah, R&D it's and not a 100% viable business. Which, yeah. which, which boards do you think you guys were are, have produced the most of? Like what kinds? Logs or is it like... Logs. It's yeah. the... Yeah, because it's, it's the thing that, like like I said, like no one else is making them. So if you're going to get one out here, it's like they're going to come to you. Plus, they look great. I mean, Yeah, I mean, it, it was just we were accessible and we were out surfing every day, too. Yeah. You know? Like we we rode logs as well. Yeah. Know? It wasn't like we're shortboard guys making logs or, you know. Yeah. I mean, Carl makes a wicked shortboard, but Carl's a longboarder, too. Yeah. You know, we were both come from that longboard mm-hmm. world, so you know, we were into it. And, it got, it was really cool. It's been really cool seeing the women longboarders out here. I mean, there's so many girls into it now. And it's like, who are some of the people that, like, for you kind of stick out in your mind of the women out here? Rosie and Honolulu. Those two right there, like, as far as, like, the females. Uh-huh. That, I mean, there's, there's way more. Yeah. You know? I mean, like. And that's just on this North Shore ship, you know. Like yeah. In town, there's, like, whole pack of girls, like, Haley and all them down there. They're all just ripping. But, like, Rosie is, old, like, older. Uh-huh. I mean, older. so younger than me. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, Like, she's, I think, in her late 20s, you know. And Hono's, I think, 19 or something. She's young. She yeah. was pretty young, but she was turned on to, she got turned on to the logs pretty quick. She's writing kind of high-performance boards. Yeah. I remember just seeing her out trying and just starting to, you know, get to know her. And so she was just a little drama at the time. Yeah. It's like, here, you want to try, like, my yeah. log, you know? Like, because we wanted to make her a board so bad. Yeah, she yeah. She just serves so good. Well, Chun's is, like, that's what's funny for me. It's, like, Chun's is, like, for me, a perfect, like, logging wave. Like, I came out here with a nose rider, like, two seasons ago. Uh-huh. And, like, that's where I surf mostly. Yeah. Like, I was like, this is, like, why are there only five people <laughs> yeah, like yeah. this is fucking awesome yeah it's like one of the most funnest waves it is it's got so much character and there's so many little spots on it that little inside bowl and you can sit there's so many spots along that reef where you can mm-hmm. sit and get waves you know? yeah so it's it's a blast like that's that's my 
favorite logging spot. Yeah. North Shore. I have a lot of favorite logging spots. So. Cool secret ones. Um, <laughs> so doing painting the boards and stuff, one thing that's unique about your artwork is you do all this like resin artwork, which a lot of people don't do. So how was that a natural transition from like painting the boards and, and then you want to do that or? Yeah, it was just, you know, making boards is a ton of work. So we were spending a lot of tons of time in the shop. You know, mm -hmm. I was doing everything Carl would shape them and then I would do everything else all the way through myself and so spending all my time in the shop and I had a ton of resin and paint and I was feeling really creative doing uh -huh. it all and so I started you know of course you go and you know bring a canvas in paint on the canvas and, you know okay well it's hard to polish because it's flexible and right. the resin's brittle so got to put fiber you know just all the experiments you go through and uh -huh. I mean throwing a lot of trash art away uh -huh. you know, and it evolved into like we're making these boxes and then you know plastic boxes and they just started ending up everywhere around the shop and I would just take the leftover resin from the boards and paint on the paintings and that really like amplified the amount of work I was creating you know mm -hmm. like now I wasn't just painting on the boards I was painting on the walls of the shop and all the, the pieces around the shop and it my style completely developed out of that you know, mm -hmm. it's just having a squeegee a stir stick and a two inch brush and that's all the tools you have you know like it just what there's the door with with those tools you you know the you can, I mean you can see all the marks in the art where yeah. You know, the asterisks were really from when you're cleaning out the resin out of your brush. They're like shaking it off. Yeah, it's, you know, I just put it on the wall and do this, you know, random movement. Yeah. And after a while, there's just asterisks everywhere. And it was more so to just get the resin out of the brush so you don't waste <laughs> all your acetone. Yeah. But after a while, it's like, oh, well, I'll put an asterisk right there. And, yeah. You know, and the, the waste thing was just like a little scribble. And, I mean, a lot of stuff, too, was all the layers were just because I was hiding flaws in the work oh. too, you know, like, oh, a huge handprint right there, yeah, yeah. or it fell off the rack there, like, oh, just put an asterisk over it, or a wave yeah, over yeah. it. Yeah, no one's going to notice. <laughs> yeah, no one cares, like, yeah. it's, you know, it's structurally, it's fine. And that's, that's kind of how it evolved, and, you know, because people were coming into the shop to pick up boards, and getting art on the boards, I did, like, full freestyle on all the boards. Right and on all the art and so people started coming by the shop to get a board and buying some of the art that was laying around yeah yeah and we had all the material everything was we had a factory to create surfboards so when you start creating art in the same exact way uh -huh. it becomes like an art factory as well like so sure yeah really easy to just slide art right in and, yeah you know if someone's gonna be in there polishing yeah you already have the buffing pad out and the, you know it's not yeah. you know where we were just starting out trying to make resin art. Like, right. You'd be really hard-pressed to do it the way a surfboard is made. Oh, yeah, yeah. For, mm -hmm. for sure. It's easy. Like, it's pretty easy now. You can just paint, like, with acrylic and use, like, the pour resin over it. Is that what you're doing now? No, I've, I'm experimenting a little with it. Like, I just started out with that stuff right there. Uh -huh. I don't really have the best luck. I'm not, I'm not a huge epoxy guy, but you can see the flaws that... Yeah, it's not the same thing. Yeah, and I just... I... I can make these without the flaws, so it's hard so to. 
Now your now the one thing is your artwork that you do, the imagery and stuff is obviously it's very much your environment, right? It's the North Shore, it's the whole Aloha thing, and because of that, it's been picked up by tons of shops. Yeah. Um, which is, you know, um, almost on like a like a tourist level, right? Like, yeah. You know, I mean, that's how I was exposed to it a couple of years ago. Like yeah. I'm like, oh shit, this is pretty awesome and stuff. And then I saw you at that art show and all that stuff. Is that something that you embrace, or is it something that kind of like, like, does it get you psyched that you're like, oh my god, there's like a bunch of tourists running out and buying these like prints, or I mean, obviously for your your wallet, it's nice, but I'm just saying like, is there a part of like where you go back to the broke artist scenario where you're like, I wish I didn't do it. Oh, I I loved it. it was How's it going? Good. Nice to meet you. Alex. How's it going? Micro up in Santa Cruz too. Ah, oh, cool. How you doing, bud? Good. How are you? Good. It's a little sandbar. Bar. I know. Off the wall. I know. It's fucking sick. Yeah. I'm gonna <laughs> keep the doors open till four then. Okay. Oh, I might go for a quick one and then eat and maybe come back. Let's do it. Yeah. It looks it's so good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it looks yeah. sick. Yeah. <laughs> right on. Okay. I'll talk to you in a bit. Yeah. Nice meeting nice you. Do you body surf at all? No. But I saw it. It's fun. That's where I'm parked over there. Yeah. I yeah. was like, oh shit, it looks sick. Um, but yeah, I, I don't, I think, um, <laughs> probably picks up everything out. No, and that's what I actually like. I put all this in there. Uh, um, I think I've been like so insecure about my work in general that when people like it, it's like, yay, you know, like, well, oh my good. gosh, people like it, you know, like it, it was, it just kind of happened where the couple little surf galleries start, I guess, let's see. It really like rewinds more to doing the markets. Uh-huh. You know, it wasn't the, like the Greenland Gallery, they didn't really start carrying this stuff yeah. until I, w- I was doing the markets. I did the markets for like a year. Okay. And that was probably the the biggest turning point when I started moving from just making surfboards and making some art on the side to like doing a lot more art, you know, was, cause I was making stuff at the shop and people were selling it or people were coming in, they'd, oh, like, oh, buy this, you know, like, you know, a uh, original piece that I would sell for like $30, yeah. you know, that was like $40 <laughs> in materials yeah. <laughs> and like three hours to work on it. Like just totally not thinking smart at all about it, but. I was just doing it anyways, and it was so fun, and you know, I was, I love doing it, so right. I was gonna do it anyways. But we started, we went to the Art and Flea, when Art and Flea started, and went to went down there. Carl and I loaded up the van with buckets and buckets of art, yeah. and set up a tent and sold almost everything, yeah. and it was like, oh my gosh, I can't. People like this stuff. Yeah. That is so crazy. Like. Yeah. I'm gonna go make more of it now, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. and it just, that just pushed me so hard to be able to go like, I don't just have to make it and lose money off of it and like trip over it in the shop. Like, yeah. I can actually like make whatever I want and people are, people yeah, yeah. buy it, they yeah. like it, you know? And so that was really encouraging. And so did the markets for like a good year, you know? Make a bunch of art and then go down at the end of the month set up a booth and hang out in town and 
Carl and I would drink beers and yeah. just wrap out with all because people would be come by who like knew us from making boards and whatnot right. and started buying the art and it just kept going and started doing the little original pieces that were like four inches by eight inches and we called those chips and just started making a ton of those you know like you know if I saw you one weekend you're like oh I really like um see anything you know yeah. like hey can you do one with a surfboard on it or like or like a corvette or something totally and i would go back and i would have my huge drawing table with a big yeah. old sheet and i would draw anything i could think of you know anything that would come to mind I'd, uh-huh. I'd doodled and the stuff that would sell every time i would make another one for the next you know so yeah. the moose would be like oh well moose be sells every time so i'm gonna make two of them right uh, well both of them are gone i'm gonna make three of them yeah you know the Oh, people really like pineapple. So I started making just whatever people wanted, and it was awesome because we were actually like starting to make money, you know, selling all the stuff. Versus you weren't like, selling for thirty bucks anymore. <laughs> yeah, and it was. I mean, we. Yeah, I think like in the. I mean, originals were like sixty bucks at the time for like yeah. this size, and it was just great because it was like we weren't making much money on the surfboards. Like, you There's know, a small margin anyway if for everybody. It's yeah, tiny. It's, it's, it's tiny. really tiny, and it's a lot of work. And oftentimes, you're someone wants a certain blue or a certain pink or that. And I'm not the best at doing what you want on the board. I'm the best at doing what I want on the board. Yeah, yeah. So, and that's when it comes out the best. And so after doing the the markets for a while, is when like green room started carrying. They asked to get some of the stuff in the store, and I was like, "What, really? Like, yeah. awesome!" Like, and there's and they have like that also puts you in, in really good company with some of those other artists that are in yeah. there as well. Yeah, totally. When I you uh, yeah, my and uh, when we did a collaboration with Heather Brown, and that was the next like lifting off point of uh-huh. understanding what it takes to make a living off of art. Yeah. It's, there's one thing when you're a hobbyist and you make some art on the side and you might sell a couple pieces but there's another thing to like be able to live comfortably off of your art yeah yeah like it's way different than I thought right you know I just I think I lived in a world where I went to art school so you know you had to be a Leonardo da Vinci or you know Picasso or Paul or like, you know yeah. like just wasn't that exposed being out here too I wasn't that exposed to that world at all right you know, meeting Chris and Heather and, you know, becoming friends and having an awesome relationship with them was like, just seeing what their operation was like, oh, I want to, I want to do that too. Right. I want to make enough stuff for everyone. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Know, it's, so that really escalated the production of making more, uh-huh. making more pieces, you know. Is that when you started getting into some of those, like, silk screen prints that you were doing yeah it took it took a while I it took a long time for the silk screen prints to start working just because I was so comfortable and good with the fiberglass and resin uh-huh. that it was almost quicker and easier to just do it the manual way really than to you know and we loved that each piece was different it yeah was a different size it was a different color it had a yeah. different drawing yeah you know we just loved that every single thing was different and that makes it really difficult to mm-hmm. 
grow unless you can make it all yourself and I hurt my back so I stopped being able to go in and polish all the stuff and uh-huh. you know also that changes everything and yeah then we I was doing all like all the stuff I was doing on paper for a while I was just hand painting all the stuff and yeah it's just too much too That's much work, work. you know you kind of need to be able to reproduce it if yeah you don't want to keep having to draw the same thing over and over again and we got into silk screening and that's been a total adventure learning a whole new yeah, yeah. whole new form but that's art after all isn't it like you don't want to you sort of want to start like learning new ways to get your ideas out there right same, yeah same ideas essentially but you're like okay there's different medium for me to do it on mm-hmm. yeah thing. and I think when you like to make stuff you just like to make stuff and learn how to make stuff mm-hmm. so it's like oh cool new project and I mean we're surfer kids so like silk screening was rad like yeah it was so cool when the kids like you know the, the 15 year old boy inside of me is like still wants to like, put stickers on stuff yeah silk screen everything by hand you know and like you know, boards used to be yeah yeah which is a lost art now it's fun there's a couple of companies that are doing it like prime wood in la yeah like it's run by dune like he does it like and it's like but then it's it's crazy to think about like when when we were younger, all the boards were silkscreen, and they were only like fifty bucks. And now, if you try to produce a silkscreen board, it's something like a hundred bucks. Yeah. Because of all the work, and you're like, wow, there was really that much work on the thing that I scratched up. Like, in yeah, two yeah, seconds. Totally. Like that's fucked up. <laughs> you're too bad. Um, your art has like changed, you know, like every other artist over the years. You know, it's like evolved and stuff. What has been like the latest evolution for you that you could kind of be like, oh, this is where it's going for me. I think there's a couple the sculptures have really been mm-hmm. a um, like an extension of the surfboard yeah. thing, you know it's like they're made the same way as the surfboard and it's just they're more difficult to make there's so much more life to them mm-hmm. you know I mean we made a ton of boards and the sculptures now are just kind of what it's like oh yeah like that's that's, that's new, awesome. That's a 15-year-old boy again? Yeah, 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 totally. Like, just, you know, when you get excited where you just can't wait to go in and work on it, you mm-hmm. know, that's when it's the most fun. And so the sculptures have been a blast, and watching Carl evolve with the sculptures have been so cool. Like, just the techniques he's using, you know, like, to get more curve in it, you know, that guy's a total wizard when it comes to... Um, surfboard materials and different foams and different ways to create you know mm-hmm. so it's it's really fun watching that and so I think that's definitely like one of the things I'm really excited on and then just doing this piece over here with the, the Cubist fish piece I I mean that's what I'm really excited now because I had forgotten about it for so long yeah it was when I was at UH at the art department there my like, thesis piece was kind of similar to that but of course really big and huge and really bright tons of colors so it's kind of fun like revisiting that and going like just going through the sketchbooks and seeing some stuff I was really into it at one point and like incorporating into what I'm doing now where I can I have you know I have a fiberglass piece ready to go when I feel the need to make that well, here, here's the question. So some of these older ideas that you had that you were psyched on when you are doing before, do you think there's a better advantage now you have to having this new skill set? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, it's being able to 
take an idea that I had at one point where whatever I was sitting down did a little doodle was like oh cool mm-hmm. that was it that was as far as my brain was working then mm-hmm. and now to be able to go back and like remember doing mm-hmm. that and how excited I was about it and being able to come in here and just grab a piece grab my pens and mm-hmm. you know get to work on it and then do it and then actually be able to share it with people as well mm-hmm. versus until you have a platform to share your work it's just between you and your close friends you know so right. it's a lot more inspiring to make pieces and do stuff because like I can share it and see what people right. see what people think you know so with the aspect of sharing you've been doing a lot of like outdoor painting which is kind of like if you want to talk about the ultimate version of sharing is someone getting an Instagram photo in front of your like Haleiwa bridge or something yeah like that's that. that's been so much fun I Learn, there's so much I've been learning with that too just uh-huh. how to scale scale everything up yeah you know that's definitely a like oh I'm uh, definitely learning how to do this again, yeah you know which I think is always the fun part when you're learning just how you know because when you look at this piece right here the asterisks and the waves uh-huh. on the background everything's scaled to fit on that piece but when you blow it up that that movement you made with the two inch brush now that brush needs to be like 30 inches yeah. you know to actually have that scale and I haven't figured out how to mm-hmm. actually change it over change it no, to that I mean, large scale a, so that's a huge challenge what have been your favorite ones that you've done as these outdoor pieces the mariachi band in San Juanico down in oh. Scorpion Bay okay that piece was really fun to do because it was kind of right as I started painting outside and painting bigger uh-huh. you know I've always uh, I've been a fan of people who've done murals and that sort of thing but I it just didn't line up for me like I don't live in a city like my mural like, there's not a lot of huge walls around here no, like, <laughs> I, like if you go into the bridge at Chun's and Lonnie's yeah like you see my old work because that was on the only yeah. walls that you could go paint on you know? yeah and I mean it wasn't like I was driving to town or anything either yeah. you know like you know unregistered ricky old car we tend not to drive to town if you don't yeah. have to so i wasn't going to go down there and start you know and two just being a howley too it's like i'm not going to just go paint on like yeah. i'm not going to get into that street art scene like i'm a howley guy like yeah <laughs> that's dangerous yeah. You know? <laughs> like, uh, not a good idea <laughs> yeah I'll, I'll wait i'll wait and uh, but that's been that's been really fun and challenging as well doing the doing the outdoor pieces and it's kind of helped evolve my style too just spending more time like the stuff that I really started out was like those pieces up there like the fork first chopstick or the shark like mm-hmm. those are all real simple line drawings and it was mostly because I was down at the shop in the dirty surfboard factory like, I didn't want to spend six hours drawing on a piece yeah I was at the shop like there's grinders going there's dust everywhere it's fuming it's nasty, like yeah. oh let me just draw a shark you yeah. know I drew a shark yesterday came out kind of cool I'll draw that one yeah. again you know, where now I'm like I'm here at the home studio and spending six hours on a piece is great I love it you know? yeah I've noticed that more of the, your newer pieces are way more detailed yeah like it's there's more like to them because I actually we own two of those and uh, uh, but like like some of these I've seen around your studio now like there's like like way way more like detail in the and the overdrawing that's going on which is really cool to see um now you, you kind of mentioned about like being a Howley and, 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 and that whole thing. Um, do you, how long do you think it, it took to kind of get accepted into the, 
this, the culture scene, whatever you want to call it here. <laughs> or is it still? I don't even remember accepted yet. Yeah. Who is that? Uh, I mean, is it still? Is it still like the, the, you know, like like to break it down to people that don't come here? Is it still like the North Shore movie? <laughs> is it still like that gnarly? I don't even. It, it might be when you first come here. Still, uh -huh. you know. I think. I think it's diff definitely different. There's definitely a lot more white people in the North Shore now. Yeah. You know, there's. Yeah, this I, is not circa 1980. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, I remember not even wanting to serve V-Land when I first moved over here because it was scary. Perry was out and, like, he punched someone out every time, you know? Yeah. So it was like, <laughs> you know, like, there was definitely... I mean, I don't even know. Maybe it would happen nowadays, but, I mean, I just remember with my friend Chris just riding right down here, just down the street from where we are now. Like, we were just riding our bikes down the street and... And a car just stopped right next to him and punched him in the head outside the window, you know? Just, like, random stuff like that that maybe I just don't hear about because I'm older, but I don't... It doesn't seem like it is, is prevalent, you know? As much as it used to be. Yeah. I mean, it could just be because I'm older and uh -huh. I'm not down in the beach parks every day, like, yeah. you know, but... You've kind of reduced the, the mathematical equation of it happening. <laughs> yeah, by hiding in the studio. <laughs> You're yeah. like, ah, you know what, I'm not going to go out as much. No, it's something that, like, a lot of people, you know, they talk about it being gnarly. I've been coming here for, like, five seasons now. And, you know, we come here for two, three weeks. And I, knock on your, your studio wood, I've never had an incident ever happen. Yeah. And, and I go surf Sunset, and I go surf, like, a bunch of stuff. I surf, like, around V-Land and stuff. And I, I'm like, it just seems like it's a common respect here. If you just chill and smart and say hi to people and, you know, act normal, everything's fine. Yeah. yeah, and that's it's definitely the case. Yeah, like just growing up in Santa Cruz, where it was like the Point Boys were scary. They were yeah. rough guys, yeah. and so you kind of knew to just stay away and just really try yeah. to avoid at all costs. And just did that same mentality out here, you know, yeah. like just try to stay out of the way as much as possible. And do your thing, and like yeah, don't do their thing. Yeah, just yeah. don't try. Don't compete. Don't compete. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I, the general rule I always tell people is, like, if you go to one of these, like, breaks that are semi-crowded, make sure everyone the locals gets five waves each before you get one. It's a lot of waves. That is, but you know what? You're not going to get punched in the head. That's true. I, I, they're going to let you get away. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's the thing that you're going to be... That's always worked for me. Like, everyone's like, always chill with me. Like, when I surf sunset, like, I count it off. I'm like, all right, he's had his fifth one. Now's my time. And they look over when I go to paddle in, and they're like, okay. Yeah. They back off. And they're like, you know what? He... It's chill. That I mean, work, yeah. I mean, I think it's almost like a common sense thing. In a lot yeah. Of ways. Like, people who just come and, like, you know, if you have, like, an L.A. mentality of, like, you're going to take off in every single wave you come out here, like, if you did that at my fucking break by my house, I'd punch you in the face. Yeah. Like, so it's, like, magnify that. I mean, amplify that by a thousand by, like, this is a very localized place. Yeah. You're going to get punched in the face a lot. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think if you did do that, you would. Yeah. yeah. You know, like, you... It just it doesn't happen very often because yeah maybe because the word got out that <laughs> yeah you know don't don't act like you're completed yet now do you find that lo like most of your customers being people that aren't from here or are they like it's mostly it's mostly people who live here okay. or it's mostly people who live here but maybe 30 percent you know people from california mm -hmm. you know a lot of a lot of california people japan i'm gonna say we're 
I wouldn't say like California would be more than Japan or anything. Yeah. A lot of a lot of people from out here, you know. I mean, this is where I spend my time, and mm-hmm. you know, I have a lot of work around here. So, and I've been putting out a lot of work for a long time here right. as well. So, I think I'm more known to people here than in California. Yeah, yeah. So, but you recently were. You did a thing in Encinitas recently. Yeah, starting to. Um, like Chico's from Orange County. I'm from Santa Cruz. And right. So being able to go back and try to you know, make it so we can go back and do an art show and mm-hmm. see family and kind of have it all be a tax write-off. No, no, it's smart. It's killer, yeah. And and two, just, I mean, I make surf beach happy art. And yeah. Translates well over there. And translates a lot better in San Diego County than it does in L.A. County. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely, I mean. I mean, it's the two, two places yeah. I could possibly live in my life, like, to be honest. It's like, it's like Backyards and Lucadia. Like those yeah. are my two favorite. Okay, is super cool. That, like I love it. That little, those, just those little beach towns, you know. Oh, I mean, I love Santa Cruz, but it's cold. Yeah, that's the thing. That's well, the only thing. No, it's no, because like, no, it is. We went there. Um, what was it like last year? We went there for a couple of days, and I loved it. But it was in February, and I was like, "This is miserable." Like I was like, "I'm not getting in the water." Like fuck this. Like, yeah. And it didn't look good either. And I was like, it was one of those. Well, California's been having a sh- like a shitty year and a half of surf. It hasn't been good at all. And I remember just going, like, my wife's like, you want to get in? I'm like, no, nah, let's let's go to fucking one of the wine tasting rooms. I'm not even yeah, doing this shit. Yeah. I'm just going to get wasted somewhere. Yeah. Um, so, speaking of back home and stuff, uh, this is kind of a final question I ask everybody. If you, what is your favorite break to surf and why? Mm. I can be anywhere you've ever been. Which type of surfing? I mean, there's body surfing, there's wave storming, there's logging, and shortboarding. Let's go with logging. Let's go with logging. Favorite logging wave would probably be Scorpion Bay. Okay. That would be the most fun logging wave. Why? Length of ride. Uh Uh-huh. You know, when you surf chuns or... You know, anywhere on the North Shore, your logging wave is like two seconds short. short it's short. so short and intense yeah. to be able to like drop in and set up and walk up to the nose without having to sprint, and then you know to actually stay there yeah. for like a longer ride than you'd ever get at Chuns or Sunset Point. So definitely that, and then just the whole vibe down there. Uh-huh. Just being in a logging environment, uh-huh. it's like real logging that's what it is yeah it's really fun and i mean i went down there when i was 18 and fell in love with it you know so do you go back every year yeah i didn't go this year but i've been going back i was like the last five years in a row went back every year uh-huh so it's super fun that would be that would be my logging wave i think maldives would be shortboard wave i was a surf guide over there for six years so there's some really good waves over there for shortboarding and body surfing like off the wall and pipe. Wave storming Kupikea. And then like big gun would be big sunset. <laughs> big sunset, yeah. It's been big a couple of days now. Um, is there anyone you wanna thank, shout out, kinda say hey? Thank- oh man, so many people. It would take like a, ten hours. Oh pick your <laughs> pick your top two, three, five if you want. Carl Olson. Uh-huh. Uh Charlie Walker, Brian King, 
Travis Reynolds, um, parents, Diego. <laughs> That's a good list of um, Gosh, Matt, who just stopped in. He's all my friends. All my friends who put up with me. Well, see, that's that's. I think that's probably the the best way to end it. All your friends have put up with you. Yeah, I mean, geez, they're my biggest critics. I can't <laughs> get away with anything. <laughs> that's that's awesome. I want to thank Wellesley for uh, sitting down with us and letting us uh, do an interview with him. It was really awesome to hear about how he got to the North Shore and his insight into like working as a sander and and stuff like that for various people uh both where he grew up and on on the north shore Uh, it's interesting when you hear about these people who use that as a means to an end to get someplace and the story behind that uh his artwork is amazing i always love it it's really happy it's fun it's not the typical artwork people would associate that i personally like uh, but for me, it's like I like having it in my home. And when I go to the North Shore, it's the kind of stuff I like seeing. So make sure to check out his Instagram, uh, Wellesley Art, and uh, see what he's up to. I know he there's talk of him ha- uh, doing a visit out here in February. I don't know if that's for some art shows. There might be a mural that he's working on close by for friends of mine that I have my fingers crossed will happen. Uh, but either way, make sure to check out his artwork and uh, buy it. Uh, but again, this is the Bodega Border Crew podcast. Make sure to check us out on Instagram at Bodega Border Crew. Make sure to check out uh, our full description uh, at bodegabordercrew.podbean.com as well as on your iTunes player uh, for track listings and links that to things we're talking about, uh, some links to, uh, that pertain to Wellesley. And uh, in the meantime, we're going to get back to a couple of tracks, and then I'll check in with you guys in a little bit with some short takes. Peace. Mosquito, every cutie with the booty for the coochie. Now who's the real dookie? Me 
screaming, who's really the shit? Them niggas ride dicks. Frank White pushed the six or the Lexus. LX, four and a half. Bulletproof glass tents if I want some ass. Gonna blast sweets first. Ask questions last. That's how most of these so-called gangsters pass. At last, a nigga rapping about blunts and broads. Tits and bras, menage a trois. Sex and expensive cars. I still leave you on the pavement. Condo paid for, no car payment. At my arraignment, no for the premium. Your daughter's tied up in the Brooklyn basement. Face it, not guilty. That's how I stay true. Richer than richer. So you niggas come and get me. Come on. Biggie, 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 can't you see? Sometimes your words just hypnotize me. And I just love your flashy ways. Uh, guess that's why they're broken, you're so big. Biggie, 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 can't you see? Sometimes your words just hypnotize me. And I just love your flashy ways. Uh, guess that's why they're broken, you're so big. I can fill you with real millionaire shit. That's cargo, my cargo. Mm, 160, on. swiftly. Wreck it by your new one. The crew run, run, run. Your crew, crew run, run, run. I know you sick of this name brand. Nigga with flows, girl. Say he's sweet like nigga mm, with. Uh -huh. So get with this, nigga. It's easy. Uh -huh. Girlfriend, here's a bet. Call me round 10, come through, have sex on rocks, that's Persian. Come up to your job, hit you while you're working for certain. Pop a freaking, not speaking, leave their ass leaking like rapper demo. Tell them who, take their clothes off slowly. Kill them with the force like Kobe, dick black like Kobe, watch me roam like Kobe. Lucky they don't own me, where the safe, show me. Homie, homie. You see, sometimes your words just hypnotize me, and I just love your flashy ways. Uh, guess that's why they're broken, you're so big. Uh, baby, 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 uh -huh. can't you see? Uh -huh. Sometimes your words just hypnotize me, and I just love your flashy ways. Uh, uh -huh. Guess that's why they're broken, you're so big. Uh -huh. Biggie, 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 can't you see? Sometimes your words just hypnotize me, and I just love your flashy ways. Uh, guess that's why they're broken, you're so big.
Change your beat on solid ground to get caught up in the whirlwind. Forever falling, good things happen to those who blind. Whoever wants it most, naturally atrocity. I hit them coast to coast. Lines that I have to hit whatever I aim at. 
I line them up. Your body is weak, feel the pain that time is up. You've been hit with something different, isn't it? Rock him, it's gonna radiate. Nothing's equivalent, nothing can harm me. Why try and bomb me? You couldn't around with Rob with an army. You can wreck by the architects, so respect them. I disconnect them soon as I inject them with radiation. Put them by the basement. Bust his chest, soak and bash his face and let it split him. Since he fought his main man with him, he asked me how I did him. I let the rhythm hit him. Let it hit him. Dance floor is dangerous, packed in like a briefcase. Rhythm for real rough, rhyme beats for deep bass. Girls with tight pants, maybe they might dance. Tonight if the odds on the mic, it's a slight chance. The crowd is crucial, MC's grounds are neutral. Now that you're here, let me introduce you. Get ready, I'm hard to read like graffiti, but steady. Science I drop is real heavy. Radiant energy, that'll be the penalty. Touch the third rail of the pain and remedy. The prescriptions, one every hour. Now it's a habit, you need another hit from the freestyle fanatic. Attention, follow directions, real close. Keep out of reach, Children, beware of overdose, too many milligrams. The one made an illogam. My rhymes is the rhythm, my thoughts will kill a man. Ideas full of air to fear. Might split him, he'll never forget him. He'll rest in peace with him. At least when he left, he'll know one hit him. The last breath of the words of death was the rhythm. Now throw your hands in the air and yell, go. Rock him or do the rest of this slow. If I speed, they know they'll blow the hell up. If I slow up the ketchup, hell in the wicked as I kicked it. No need to remix it, cause I prefixed it. Reverse the switch to perform the perfection. Section for section, rhymes keep connecting. You're guessing what's next. And blood pressure rises, you damn near lost it. Hit the ground burning and woke up frostbite. Cause when I explain, you can't complain for pain. Travel through the brain, hit a vein, then remain. Let it radiate, vibes will vibrate. Why did you violate? Now I'ma have to let the style break. Bones, now the tone is ain't blown. After this gets thrown, give me another. A microphone before I get that Fifi I met Whisper, I wanna reach her intellect Kiss her, cause I wanna give her the most respect So I shine and let my light reflect Hold her, mold her, make her feel older Lay her on my shoulder, everything I told her Makes her feel secure whenever I'm with her And you know how I did her Me and the rhythm hit her Science ever since Flowing so 
cerebral blows without my fist. Poisonous, tailless, don't mess with toys in this racket. Terrorists don't proceed to hijack it. It's too perverted, you heard it, so now you get murdered. Test the sound system, it throws off your equilibrium. Deconcentration can rapture the meditation. Competition is slipped on at random. Deviant monks attack the mic, it's mental pandemonium. And then some, you go for your handgun. Psychokinetic forces proceed to smash in your cerebellum phonetician. With more stamina than the Christian. My mind C3, H5, and 309 like nitroglycerin. I bust as Alpha Rock crush. Class with us and meet Cerebus. Cerebus. Ready, ridiculous ravagery as I commence. I whirlwind through cities, breaking down substances, combining matter. Test my hand skills and backbone splatter. Rough and tough, although the mental will stomp ya. Pugilism electrocute like Parker. Collaborate all my words into verses. I instill the will without even curses. Slurs, escapade off the beat. Totally complete with a unique physique. Microcosmic warrior, indeed I'll destroy ya. Let's do it right this time. Jedi Bond tricks. Straight up, let's go. Yes, just confess the best is I. Leave you stretched from the sketch in Bedford style. Would've let you jet, but I bet if I did that like a rap, you testify. Niggas like, what's the matter with Sean? I'm like, nothing, just thinking of a verse that can shatter the song. Foreign bitches know the stamina strong. 20 G's for the bitches, stay in the country, so I married the mom. Sean's 32, but the game is 12. And the fifth for these funny niggas, Dave Chappelle. When Run DMC was fucking raising hell. I was on the run from these, these raising hell. Kinda broke, couldn't raise the bell. Called my man, he broke too, fucking hard. So the gauge for bell. Beat the case, got my big gauge back as well. With rap, you can say such amazing tales, nigga. That niggas bust my web. Heat pop, niggas cut your dress, cause y'all scared. Rockin' and rollin', guns and roses. Pockets are swollen, sun is holding, Sean P. I'm the master of ceremony that's blasting at every phony ass rapper that ever known me. Niggas act like they ready for war. Get slapped with the tool. Wake up, bitch. Get ready for school. One. We in this game for the money and the long life. Whether we battle with the gats or it's on mics. We can rumble with the bats or the long pipes. Vinny Paz, it's a rap with Sean Price. We in this game for the money and the long life. Whether we battle with the gats or it's on mics. We can stab you in the back with a long knife. We can clap you with a map. I'm more powerful than Gargamel. Guard your grill or you'll be scarred and killed. It's hard to build with God revealed that you'll be large for mills. So as the saga builds, we need raw shit. We need EPMD to drop more shit. The hardcore shit, bang out, bust a gat. The 84 shit, hang out, hustle crack. We build and we destroy until the sun drop. Until we hear the sounds of the last gunshot. But I'ma ride till the wheels fall off. Till the high and these last few pills roll off. You fill with faults, pussy rap, sills and croft. Selling bags of that raw shit, filled with salt. I kill your thoughts with a non-M-Bay eagle. Make me sick to my stomach like y'all gay people. I'ma slay evil, that's what I law likes. Vinny Paz, shit, I'm my trick, Sean Price. We yeah. in this game for the money and the long life. Whether we battle with the gats or it's on mics. We can rumble with the bats or the long pipes. Vinny Paz, it's a rap with Sean Price. We in this game for the money and the long life. Whether we battle with the gats or it's on mics. We can stab you in the back with a long knife. We can clap you with a Mac, put you on ice.
back to the Bodega Board Crew Podcast, Volume 23. Hope you guys been digging the tracks. As always, I try to mix it up. Uh, threw in a J-Roos track from J-Roos' first album. Uh, that first album is probably one of my, I'm going to say top 20 favorite hip-hop albums of all time. It goes really underrated because a lot of people just remember the Come Clean uh, single that came out or uh, can't stop the profit which had an amazing video but every track on that album is is ill it's one of those hip-hop albums like 36 chambers that you could kind of listen to from start to finish uh, if you haven't ever listened to the whole album I suggest you buy it right now go there uh, to iTunes or get it on vinyl wherever the fuck you do um, and make sure you listen to it from start to finish it's one of the sickest albums and I had to include that track but let's get to a little housekeeping. This is the Bodega Border Group podcast, part of the U Online Network. Uh, UOnline.com uh, hosts a bunch of podcasts. We're one of them. Make sure to go check it out. They have Chris Cote's Morning Mass. They have the San Diego Surfrider Foundation uh, podcast. They have a bunch of other ones. So make sure to support them. Check them out. Make sure to comment on our podcast uh, on those pages if you can. That'd be great. Uh, check us out on Instagram at Bodega Border Crew. Make sure to check out our page, bodegabordercrew.podbean.com or the full description uh, description on your iTunes player that has track listings, things that we're talking about, and things pertaining to people we're talking with. But now, let's get to some short takes. The first short take I'm going to bring up is a film that I guess came out in like 2012 uh, by George Trim called Bootleg. I think it was taking taken offline because of some copyright issues or something and I just found out that it was put back online on Vimeo uh, made public we have a link to it in our description I love the George Trim videos uh, if you've ever seen Forbidden Trim which is a, a flick that came out like I think a year and a half ago that uh, Buzzcut Films did and that George Trim did I just like his take on surf movies they make them kind of fun a lot of surf movies can be just surf porn and kind of repetitive and I think it's really cool what he does with editing and what the whole team does there. Um, on top of that, there's amazing music and always in the videos uh, and plus amazing surfing. Uh, we have a link to the video. I think you should check it out. I want to see more work like that out there. Uh, I know one of the projects that we'll announce uh, hopefully in the next month or so uh, is going to be a little bit in that style and inspired by that. And I think surf cinema in general or surf filmmaking needs to have a little bit more fun, a little bit more interesting stuff like what George Trim does and Tinoneda. So while this movie is still available for uh, public consumption, I think you should go check it out as soon as possible. Our second short take is a link to a video that Channel Islands put out uh, that has Dane Reynolds uh, surfing this three-fin uh, bonzer. Uh, Channel Islands and the Campbell brothers did a partnership I think a year year and a half ago where they uh, they took some of the Bonzer technology put it on some of the Channel Island boards and in turn uh, got Dane Reynolds involved where they uh, set him up with a three fin Bonzer uh, to ride uh, and there's some video footage of it uh, short I saw some of this happening firsthand uh, when Dane randomly showed up at Topanga with a three fin Bonzer on a day that was really crummy um, it was onshore. It was kind of smallish. Like if you ask me, I think it was like at the most they were coming in at like waist high, maybe chest high if you were lucky. Really crummy. None of us were really catching any waves. We saw him come out. 
I think he only caught like two or three waves on that bonzer, but it showed how much speed a three fin bonzer has, uh, which is really interesting to see because a lot of people think it's just these fins that are glued on and this almost two plus one method, but it's really about the grooves and the channels that uh, Malcolm and those guys have developed into the boards. Uh, I got some really good advice from Joel on bonzers and you know, his take has always, his take to me anyway, was that he thought that uh, personally, he thought that the five fin bonzer only works in situations where you have super clean surf and super clean surfaces, which if anybody knows, when you have super clean surfaces and super clean surf, pretty much a fucking door is going to work. So that doesn't really give a good argument for surfboard design. But what he was telling me is that the three fin bonzer can pretty much work in anything and really excels in waves that are in Hawaii and that have a little power. Um, so this video is kind of cool to check out. If you've never been turned on to bonzers, if you're, you don't think that it translates well to a smaller board, I think this is something you should check out. And yeah, of course it's Dane. Dane is just ill to watch. Uh, I love his style. He's like one of my favorite surfers of all time. So make sure to check out the link that we have in our uh, podcast description. Our last short take is a link to a video that the Surfer's Journal put out that they put out at the end of every year, uh, which is an in, in memoriam uh, video. Uh, I think we've, you know, we always end the year and we look at what happened the year before and looking to the future. We have to remember that we lost a lot of people who are really important to the surf scene and really important to our culture. And the small people, the big people, you know, the John Seversons and the Bruce Browns, but there's also a lot of photographers out there that a lot of people don't know about and a lot of surfers that, you know, were taken from us a little too early. Uh, I suggest everyone check out the video and after you check out the video, if there's some people on that list that you don't know who they are, there's a thing called Google and Google them and find out who they are and find out their contributions because every one of these people has made a vital contribution to our surfing culture. And I think it's important to know that even if it's for 15 minutes, but read about them, you know, pay them the memory they deserve. Um, you know, we had a year that was tough in a lot of ways politically and uh, people might agree or disagree, but I'm not gonna get too much into it, but we've also lost a lot of people in surfing. And I think it's important for us to pay our respects uh, to keep the culture growing. But with that, we're gonna look forward. Uh, 2018 is coming up. I'm hoping for better winters. I'm hoping for better surf. I'm hoping for more open-minded people. I'm hoping for more smiles. I'm hoping for, for myself, I'm hoping for more surf trips. Um, I think we have some lined up coming up with the family and I am excited about that. Some coming up with our friends, uh, which should be cool. But I wanna also thank uh, everyone in 2017 for supporting the podcast and the whole Bodega Board Crew movement. Uh, I meet people every day who come up to me and tell me that they listen to the podcast and they like this about it and they like that about it or they don't like this or they don't like that or they heard someone say something that was interesting. And for me, at the end of the day, the reason I do this is really to, there's a couple of reasons. Some of the main ones are I want to shine the light on people that deserve the light shined on them. I also want to document everybody's stories because I think a lot of these stories wind up getting lost in history and um, our surf culture is too important for that to happen. Uh, I also want to expand people's minds. I want people that don't typically think of certain types of surf styles or board shapes or surf spots or artwork um, to kind of open their mind and, and realize there's other stuff out there. Um, but you guys have been great. Uh, 
great followers, great listeners, and we have a lot more stuff coming up in 2018. Um, so with that, I'm going to end with our famous uh, saying, which is no need to bust a craze on a wave. Uh, don't go out there. Don't get aggro. Have fun. Have a good time. Smile at each other. We're all trying to have fun out there. Um, don't yell at each other. If you want to school someone, the best way you could school someone is just to talk to them intelligently and pass on your knowledge because after all, that's how we all learn. We don't learn by getting yelled at. We learn by really expressing the knowledge and like so people can understand it. So with that, I'm going to end on some tracks end 2017 uh, with some good, good vibes and then I'll see you guys next year. Peace. Spit flows, whip shows, peep the recital Skills, now, you feel it when we drop those Hot beats, stop foes, killing shit, we got those Skills, it's the music that the street loves Each thug is now repping this with deep love Skills, gangstar, dueling again, ruling again Watch as we do it again It's the true and living with a youthful vengeance And I'm a judge, laugh as your ass, give you a crucial sentence You need at least 12 jewels to practice You're too enthusiastic, male groupie bastard Still trying to convince us some more Pretending you're raw, that's what you need a minister for Again, it's the law, got you up against the wall We the gulliest fuck it, then it's us against y'all Mike skills, tight drills like a Michael Jill Like when he rifle the film, it's how I stifle the ill Slide off, kid, and let a grown man finesse it We bold and impressive, that'll I manifest shit Some new product from a known team Niggas know me, and you can bet they know bring so here we go for your stereo And you can tell that it's real when you hear me go, hear me go Skills Top rank, point blank, we vital Spit flows, rip shows, peep the recital Skills Now, you feel it when we drop those Hot beats, stop foes, killing shit, we got those Skills It's the music that the street loves East star is now repping this with deep love Skills Gangstar, dueling again, ruling again Watch as we do it again You little suckers know better I go head up If your man left the joint in the whip Then tell him go get it We hold it down like a holy crown fools acting like they know me throw me phony pounds fuck that i'm sitting back like an aristocrat shell shock chief assassin with a whole fucking list of cats thought you was on the case but you missed the facts you bitch talking this and that i'ma make it simple jack i doubled up and tripled that soldiers where your pistols at life wrong move lose the gift of that why they calling us the most consistent most significant some old slick shit fulfill your need and catch a joyful rush enjoy your dutch haters annoyed with us Oh boy, it's us, you know the face from the club, blazing the dub, with my niggas raising it up for these skills. Top rank, point blank, we vital. Spit flows, rip shows, peep the recital. Skills, now, you feel it when we drop those hot beats, stop foes, killing shit, we got those skills. It's the music that the street loves, each star is now repping this with deep love. Skills, gangstar, dueling again, ruling again, watch as we do it again. Brothers are amused by other brothers' reps. Some niggas pull text, catch others for checks. All for respect, all for the bread, for the chance of success, they might hand him his head. 
Remain humble cause I know enough Plus the road is tough, especially when you roll with us But I'ma stay with my peeps Stay in these streets where I'm spraying And I'm playing for keeps cause I got those skills Top rank, point blank, we vital Spit flows, rip shows, peep the recital Skills, now, you feel it when we drop those Hot beats, stop foes, killing shit, we got those Skills, it's the music that the street loves Eat stuck, is now repping this with deep love Skills, gangstar, dueling again Ruling again, watch as we do it again Skills Very close, cause I don't like to boast. Instead, I tell the tale of the French who prevailed through the Mr. Crazy Rabbits who were always on his tail. Rent ain't on sale, your roomie starts to wail. Get caught with stolen goods, then you will go to jail. If you go to jail, then who will pay the bail? They put you back to France on a ship with a sail. Escargo, Lucy, and you eat snails. Hey, yo, Tim, what's wrong with snails? From the Zulu nation from a town called Paris. Yeah. Came to America to find liberty. Uh -huh. Instead of finding pleasure or your family's misery. Mm -hmm. But listen, Lucy, and you have a friend in me. What? Oh, luck. Luck will drive your butt batty Next time you fix some wheels, make it a caddy In terms of doing good, I know you wish you really good But listen, brother man, I really think you can Succeed with the breed of the brothers who you're back It's the creme de la creme And you can vouch for that, it'll take a minute, rice So take my advice Trust in us, thus you trust in your life Lucian, 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 Lucian You should know Ready, Lou? This one is for you. Coming from a true blue, fits like a shoe. Come on, start the stare, or come on, tell it, vous. Lucien, I'll leave it up to you. That last gonna backlash fast. Can you get a grip on the crackhead dip? So you a paper bag. Guess he saw you coming. DC y'all from my neck, boom bumming. Ten dollars, brother, he was humming and strumming. Only had twenty, you was living like you're slumming. Gave him the money, well I thought that was something. Looking like a kid who was lost in crumming. Don't worry about a thing, I won't get specific. This is a song that is long and prolific. Think of the stuff that I said if you can. Figure it out, compute, understand. No problemo, I'll help you with your demo. If you go to the store for me Lucian I'm just kidding you should know
get a grip on the missions you be taking. Not so much the mission, but you got crazy ignition. Sure, the sugar babies wanna give you a chance with the French Savoir fair and the sexy glance. But is she really fly or is she a guy? I won't ask why, cause I know that you try. You try too hard, is that the answer to the riddle? Instead of doing so much, why don't you do just a little? Boy, what a cat, I guess we shouldn't treat him bad. In fact, it would be nice if we understood him right. A case of position in the feet in the shoes. Sympathetic reason in the case of the blues. Lucy in his blue, even though he's really brown. I had to make the sound, his life is too profound. On the up and up, he's something like a little pup. Young and naive, it's hard to believe. As long as you're strong, you can quest with the questers. Jolly like a jumping bean or a jester. Lucy and Lucy and Lucy and Lucy and you should know.